just back on Carlton quickly. This is now becoming a pattern for them, unfortunately. Dylan Shill, very close. Stephen yep. Canelio thought they were probably going to get him. Yeah. Tom Papley thought they were going to get him. Jack Martin. So there's four big players. Now, we've Carlton now having that unwanted record of going for players and going really hard and being all in and not being able to win. I got my mindset on you. I got my mindset on you. We worked really hard to get Tom through the door, but it didn't come our way. Uh, well, I think uh, the contingency plan was always to go to the draft with pick nine. Um, you know, but we, we know we're going to get a really good player, an exciting player with pick nine uh, going into the national draft. The day after the trade finishes where you need, can we slap a reality blanket on everything? But by the time we finish discussing it and the trade doesn't get done, the Blue fans, some of them, not all of them, but the Blues fans think, we've missed out on, you know, one of the best four players in the comp. Yeah. No, you haven't. You might pick one up in the draft. Yeah, you might. You might. And if you had an indication that five and nine would get it done, would you have done the Papley deal? We put forward what we thought was a compelling deal, um, and that's involving uh, two first-round picks. Um, when we, I guess you put yourselves in our shoes when we're repeatedly told that five and nine wouldn't get it done. For us to go forward, draft picks at this point weren't going to help, and the media was speculating that nine and five were compelling picks. At no stage, pick five ever presented to us. Um, as late as... 10 past 7 last night there. Obviously, our pick three in that pre-season draft. How real is the possibility that that will go through in a few weeks' time? You just never know what could happen. Um, you know, we, we, we understand that there's another two drafts to go ahead. But we're in a, a strong position. You know, there's always the element that the risk of a, a couple of other clubs being able to, to, to pick up Jack if he chooses to uh, to, to go in the, the pre-season draft. Uh, ultimately, that's going to be up to Jack and his management to manage him through. Um, we've already got an offer sheet there, but... Calvin and um, you know, it's a solid offer that they've put to Jack and we'll um, figure through that out and what, what draft is best to nominate for and hopefully moving to Carlton. Is it worth Melbourne giving you a call? Well, they may have already done. They got a similar response to say that out. We're completely focused on Jack playing at Carlton. Um, and probably for us uh, and Jack in particular, the um, association with Paddy Cripps. Um, I know Paddy looked up to Jack in a huge way through the 15s and the 16s and that, and that was a crucial factor. Packing up a bike. 
Hello and welcome to this, the very special edition of the Ian Prendercast, another sports podcast brought to you from Timbo's Dungeon. <laughs> um, unusually for an episode, we've convened an emergency congress of the Prendercast, uh, having, we weren't initially going to record, we were, uh, Fab and I thought we were going to the wrestling. Which is uh, next week. It's next week. And then uh, Timbo uh, were unable to record last night, no matter what. There was something she couldn't do last night. Well, the babysitter had an exam yes, today exactly. and Elise was in Darwin, so it just wasn't going to work. We don't need all the reasons. It just wasn't I, I could have brought together. all three kids, but it probably wasn't going to make for a good environment to Not do pod. Uh, and then in light of um, the phone call I received from Fabian at about 10 past nine last, I thought you were having a nervous breakdown. I thought you were having a... Seriously, I thought you were losing the will to live. You rang me at 9.30. Oh, sorry, 10 past nine. We spoke till about quarter to ten. And you were not in a good place. So no. Fabian Guadagnolo is here. He's slightly better. Buona sera ragazzi. Yeah, no, feeling better. Um, I I get through that. I, I need to... You're very emotional. I don't need to be talked off the edge, but I, I need to talk things through. You were very emotional. You were no, very emotional. emotional. Even You rang me and Win, lose or draw, I require a conversation with Tim on the way home from the footy. It's just, It's just a way of... It's a debrief. Yeah, it's a debrief, and, and it just it just it just makes, but that doesn't put me at ease. It just do you want me to quote? It closes you? out, gives a bit of finality to it. Do you want me to quote you? you some of the things you said last night. <laughs> yeah, he's got to go. Who? He's got to go. I never said that. You did say that. Who's got to go? Sauce said he's got to go. I know. Does that sound like something I would say about a fellow wog? No, it's not. Oh, that but ma- that shows but how you were on the edge. That shows. Oh, no, I was disappointed. How heightened his emotional was, state was. I was disappointed for various reasons. Not all of our own doing, but we'll, we'll delve into those. We'll delve into that. Um, look, I, I, I think that Sauce is a really good place to start as we unpack um, Carlton's trade period more than we unpack the trade period as a whole. Yeah. Because we were somewhat central players, albeit kind of on the periphery, but we were obviously central to a lot of the comings and goings and out of last night were one of the big, big stories. Um, first topic for you us. You saying hello to Timbo? I did. Well, we welcome to the rape dungeon. So well, yeah. I didn't. Well, I didn't go so far as to call it that, but uh, it's, you've done it now. It's okay. <laughs> uh, there was a no pants. Can you hear Tim, <laughs> through, <can you laughs> Tim through the leather dog mask? <laughs> the safe word. The safe word is Silvani. Um, we, I want to start with the the inevitable backlash against Sauce and what has spurred it, how reasonable it is, what we could have actually expected how it's going to play out over the next couple of days at least. And first and foremost, and I said this to Fabian many, many times last night when we were when we were talking about it, for me, people's unhappiness stems wholly and solely from the fact that they've woken up on Christmas morning and there's no shiny presents under the tree. Spot on. Doesn't matter what those presents are, doesn't matter what they are. you got St Kilda getting excited about this five-player super acquisition. You go, well, one of them's really good. Mm. And the rest of them are competent, league footballers who let's let's not be hasty you had to get rid of Bruce Four, who's a really good player for you and, and probably worth more than you're willing to admit yep and um and of course Jack Stephen who's had his problems but he's a four-time best and fairest winner and has been arguably your player of the decade well yeah he, he, his time has coincided with Nick Revolt but I I take the point of yeah. what you're saying absolutely so you sit there and you go They've woken up with five players. Oh, we've got five players. And they don't really even care what they gave up to get them. They don't care how they got them. And I think that a lot of Carlton fans' frustration is we've woken up, 7.30, the trade deadline's gone, and it's not so much that we don't end up with Papley. We'll speak about that in detail. It's not so much that we don't end up with Martin. We'll speak about that in detail. It's, But what do we get? 
you know, well, we're not in the business of paying overs just for the sake of getting someone or, or dropping our bundle just for the sake of getting one. And I think that we went in, we targeted players for one reason or another, and I think that they were both out of Silvani's control. We didn't end up getting them, but that doesn't mean we should then panic and uh, uh, who's left? And you don't want to set you don't want to set a precedent, do you? You don't want to be seen as the recruiting manager, list manager that will cave late, and you're going. So long as you press him, you'll eventually get the late first rounder that you want, or the two second rounders, or whatever, whatever the whatever you think you could possibly be getting. And and it wasn't even a matter of. Um, he was too pig-headed for his own good. He's ultimately said, this is the value, this is what we need, this is what we're prepared to pay. And the bottom line is, if it doesn't come off, you go to the draft with something that you didn't think that you had. And I think, too, that's the thing that, for me at least, a lot of people were saying, oh, well, now's the time. Now's the time we need experienced bodies. Yep. And you're going, well, well but, not necessarily. But not for the sake of it. Okay. Can, can I, I, think, I think you guys... Are going to bring a bit more of a measured approach, which is fine, mate. I'll, I'll, gi- I'll give you. I thought you were trekking out to Westgate. I'll give you the hysteria. I'll give you the hysteria angle. Please, right? which, and, and, and which look, part, part with three part. of us in the room, you've got to be able to balance right. it up. And you, you yeah. tell us what your okay. and a lot no, of other no, no, Carlton no, supporters not, not are saying. Mine, but this is the pitchfork no, detail. No, this is not necessarily mine, but you can understand. There's a lot of supporters out there who've gone through a lot of, you know, hard times. Totally, and. Rightly or wrongly, it's now we're out of those dark days and it's time for us to become good again. Now, I think it extends beyond the trade period and it extends to... Go back to Dylan Shield. Prior to that, we were told, hold your horses, we're not in for a big name, we're attacking the draft and everybody jumped on board. Then, say what you want, we went in very hard for Dylan Shield. Okay, yeah, I understand the analogy of the shiny new present, but we missed out on Dylan Shield. What was the word I was using last night? You didn't like it. A schwin. Said we all wanted a shiny new schwin, and Fab was like, no one even knows what a schwin is. Said, are you kidding me? It's a giant. He's a giant bicycle, bike. So we miss out on Shield. We then go, okay, that's all right. We'll take those draft picks. We'll hit the draft again. That's fine. We're young. No one's expecting us to do anything. Rightly or wrongly, we then go in for Cornelia. And Shield doesn't nominate us, by the way. We're then going for Cornelia. And we're in for him all year. Everyone's thinking, he's not signing. All roads lead to Carlton. We've got the cap space. We're going to get him. We miss out on Cornelia. We'll be right. We get to finals time. Tom Papley nominates us. Okay. We're already ahead of where we were with Shield. Already ahead of where we were with Cornelia. Tom Papley's nominated us. Martin's nominated us. We still miss out. Now, rightly or wrongly, people are going, for fuck's sake, when are we going to have the win, the boost, that we all are expecting to get to kind of take us that next level? Do you want want to tear that apart or should I? That's that's where the hysteria... So the hysteria, and I put a tweet out about it, and you've got to to look at it contextually. And and I'm I'm happy to do that. Dylan Shield would have been at the cost of Sam Walsh. There was no way we were getting the deal done without number one. Because there because was there was another party no, 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 but who even was offering so, no, but, more. No, but even so, 
there was no way that if Dylan Shield came out and said, I want to get to Carlton, I just don't see how we get it done without one. We didn't have the ammunition to get it done. And Dylan Shield wasn't a free agent. No. That, that's the other thing that people no. keep on forgetting is he was a contracted player that you had to give the, the worth for yeah, no. to so, be able to get. And and the fascinating thing in hindsight is but, but, Dodoro but, waited till the very, very end to try and do the deal with Canilio, uh, to with Shield. And the widely held belief is Sauce was just waiting and he was going to Sauce do wouldn't the... leave. Sauce wouldn't leave. Yeah. But but the query always is, well, if it, what was the fall was the fallback we were giving pick one? Well see, in retrospect that would have been a disaster. A disaster. So Absolutely. we keep one in that context. We were never going to be able to get the yep. deal done without one. We get Sam Walsh. Sam Walsh will probably end up captaining the football club at this rate. Yeah. He's going to be a superstar. Yeah. Yeah. The following one you mentioned is Cornelio. You're after the fact on a lot of these but things, but yeah. every but everyone missed on Cornelio because he re-signs. Yeah, I'm, yeah, but I'm not. So right there, the lure for Cornelio to move was obviously different to the lure Correct. of other giants. He stays. If he had gone to Hawthorne, that's well founded. You sit there and go, we missed him. We yeah, didn't get we him. Did. We didn't yeah, that have got him for a fourth rounder. <laughs> Jesus. Then the next one there is Papley. Now this is where the fork in the road comes because these guys have nominated us. We've done the heavy lifting in terms of getting him to go. I want to go to Carlton. We're going to unpack the Papley deal shortly. We offered them full freight. We offered them a more than reasonable deal. And as they are well within their rights, Sydney, well within their rights, didn't accept it. We're going to unpack that. Jack Martin. We're going to unpack that later as well. We offer the Suns a more than reasonable deal. They want to cut off their nose despite their face. That's on them. I think that people get wrapped up in, David King made the comment today, oh, they've missed out again. Oh, this is becoming a pattern. And you go... No, no, it's not. Because North Melbourne could never get those guys over the line. All the big fish they were chasing, North could never get it done. Ever. Couldn't get them to sign on the they line. Couldn't, couldn't get look, look we were, we're ahead of North Melbourne in the sense that the last two, Martin and Papley, nominated us and yeah, have made a clear absolutely. indication that Carlton was their preference. I'm just giving you the angle of where the disappointment's coming from. But you know from. what it comes from? People are disappointed, like I said, using the Christmas thing as well. People are disappointed... That I mean, what do you want? You want him to sign Dan Butler, who's just a short-term placeholder? No, no, I, do, um, I, I don't and, agree. And, I don't agree with that and at all. Do we want to get someone over the line just so the club's media team can put an Instagram post out and publish a highlights video? Oh, so we can all click and oh, that's great. Yeah, looking forward. No, we've gone in. We've targeted guys. We weren't able to get those guys. That doesn't then mean we need to go and get someone else. It's a waste. No, no. I, 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 when I say oh, I'm not trying. I'm saying. There are a component of, of of Carlton supporters or a section of Carlton supporters, I should say, that you're right. We're looking for the shiny new toy. It doesn't matter what it was. They just wanted a, a sugar hit because everyone's a champion. Dougal Howard has become... We well, you know what's created this? Fucking Bob Skilton all of a sudden. We you know what's created this? You spot on. What's created this is this sense of the media now wake up. And people as well, people take footy to heart. Super emotional stuff. They watched the thing last night. They want that new present. We don't get it. They wake up today and all of a sudden you've got media types who, let's be brutally honest, have spent the last 10 days making stuff up on the run, showing <laughs> they don't know anything. All of a sudden they're handing out grades. And yeah. people, people are buying the Herald Sun going, fuck, got an F. Like it matters. And the ones who got A's are walking, they're, they're, you Spot know, on. Ch- chest Spot out. On. And that's what like, I mean. you know, premierships. St Kilda supporters ringing SEN today. It's embarrassing. Were absolutely disgraceful. It's, em- it's embarrassing. Oh, it's unbelievable. They're, they're, they're carrying on like they've legitimately brought in five A-graders. Absolutely. Their acquisitions will probably make them a little bit better. Probably. 
Well, as you said, you lose Josh Bruce, you lose Jack Stephen. Well, get him in the eight. Yeah, the version of Jack Stephen that you were losing wasn't making you better. So moving him on is fine. And if he comes good, good luck to Jack. You know, he's obviously in a happier place. But you're giving away two very, very good parts of what your team has been over the last five years. No, totally. And this is the thing. How does it make it better? All of a sudden, the media who, during the season, want to be selectors, they want to be coaches, they want to sit there and tell you how to run your club, tell you who to recruit. Well, now they're going to grade your draft performance. They just talk shit. Well, and I think I think the other thing, and the one thing that I've always been fascinated by, and, and, and you blokes have always been privy to, to my thoughts of, you could do this trade by doing this and this many points and all the different permutations as to how you get a particular trade done. I, I'm always fascinated by it. But clearly what does happen is Stephen Silvani and his group sit in a room and go, give me every single different way you could cut this one to be able to get something that is compelling enough that that is in the vicinity of how we value Tom Papley, um, Jack Martin, Mark Pittnett, whoever it happens to be. Like some of them are not hard to do. Others, when you don't when you don't have a second rounder because you gave it away for Will Setterfield last year, there's a big hole in what you've got to be able to give other teams. And, and I think the other thing that became very apparent through this trade period was future first-round draft picks weren't as valuable this time around because of the comp- compromised nature of next year's draft. So all of a sudden, it, it wasn't a trading um, card. But that, it was interesting that they weren't even valuable to teams that are tied to players. Yeah, so who, which would weird. happily have points to be able to do whatever they need to do They get a bit of a year. free whack. Yeah. And you sit there, and I think to it spoke the willy-nilly and freewheeling nature of a lot of picks for this year and next year spoke to not so much the compromised nature of next year's draft, but for me... A lot of recruiters don't look to have really rated the next two. Well, and and, and I think from everything that I've heard and I've gleaned is obviously we're always told that last year's draft was always going to be a very, very good draft. Um, We haven't seen Rankin. We've seen Lukosius play in defence when he's a forward slash wingman. We only saw Ben King the second half of the year really start showing something. Max King hasn't played yet. Sam Walsh has done what Sam Walsh has done. Connor Rosie's been great. And late picks in guys like Sydney Stack and Marlon Pickett have done really well as well. Now Pickett's a, a different player altogether, but the depth in that draft is closer to retirement than he is. Yeah, well, this is true. <laughs> Bailey Smith at, at, at the Bulldogs as well, very very highly rated player. But they've they're basically saying there's a real strong depth in the probably the first fifteen to twenty draft picks this year. Um, and although Raul and Anderson are very very highly rated, a lot of the players in behind them are not that far back. So for us to still be holding on to pick nine when we never anticipated we would be at all actually has real can I value. Play, can I play devil's advocate? Do it. It's going Do to look it. like that I'm coming only from one side, and I'm not. I think I know where you're going. Do we need nine? Uh, well, we've got no choice now. Well, I think as we've always said, when we did our draft night trade last year to get Liam Stocker in, we did it on the basis of the draft pick that we got back we were never, ever going to be using. And now we sit here having to use it, and people wonder why, rightly or wrongly, people will wonder, oh, why are people so upset? We're so upset because we were sold a message that we're not even using that pick. Yep. No, but there's, there's a difference. As much no, as we want to deny no, it, no, there's that a difference. pick and the future pick was supposed to be the Cornelia. No, picks. there's a well, difference. That's right. We tried to use them. There's a difference yeah. between them lying yeah, to us. No, we tried no, to not, use not them. Not disputing. We, we tried to We had them. a strategy. But, okay. We had a strategy. We had a game plan. And this is what we thought so that we were going to be doing. So you take away everything that's out of our control. 
Papley because it's tied to another. Shouldn't have been. We'll get, we'll get into that. But it I, I think Sydney were happy to do the trade. Canelio, but the caveat always Canelio, was if Danaher goes. Canelio and Shield totally out of her hands. I'm not disagreeing with yep. it. Now, again, I'm not saying to overpay for things, but we will never, devil's advocate, we're never expected to use pick nine. We want Martin. Why don't we just use it? Why would no? We're going to, we're going to touch on this when what, we talk no, about but Martin. Why? why that, that's the people looking at. We're going to, we could have secured Martin. No, we're going to touch on this. The, the answer is Martin. opportunity cost. We're going to, because we, don't worry about it at the moment. We'll yeah. touch on this when we get to Martin. We'll touch on why giving them nine for Martin's absolutely no go, and particularly in light of developments today. Imagine we wake up. You know, you think we live in a different world. Imagine we wake up today and you go, "I oh, actually probably could have got him for nothing in the preseason draft." You just Ooh, been, not according to Tom Brown, but you've just been played by. We'll get into that later. Mm. But look, the bottom line is with the media, they're going to come for a sauce. They're going to have a field day with Carlton. Carlton are going to be in the gun because Carlton in crisis, as we've always said, sells papers. It sells papers better than Sydney does, who have absolutely shit the bed. No one can cut it any other way for me. And we're going to talk about the Swans and what they did on both sides of the ball here. Firstly, with their pursuit of Joe Danaher. I said it, we spoke about it first. And this is tied to Papley. It shouldn't have been. And we're going to talk about that later as well. We spoke about it when it first broke a couple of weeks ago. And you guys didn't agree. It was all about relative value and what it's going to take to get him out. When it became apparent, the Doro spoke about it, they were only interested in players, um, not picks, blah, blah, blah. Well, they didn't offer pick five. I know. I just, and I'm flummoxed by it. They, Essendon apparently said five and nine aren't going to get it done. Well, the Swans didn't offer five. They were offering nine. They didn't have nine. What they needed to do, it's all about perception. Perception is reality. Until the Swans had nine, they're not live in the game. Yep. They're not keen. They're not desperate to get him. Until they had nine. If they had done the deal for Papley, <clears throat> I use the example on Twitter, um, Stephen Wells went and did the deal as quickly as he could. Everyone wins out of it. The uh, Cats get well remunerated. They get a strong hand at the draft. The Eagles get the play they want. They had to pay through the nose to get him, but they get him. Everyone had intent to either get the player or to get the picks, they got it done. They got it done early and clean. The Swans should have. They right. should. The Swans should have done the Papley deal, almost like that. But Geelong do that, right? Go back and don't turn it into a stare down. Sit there and go. Yeah, no, I agree. So why need... didn't Sos walk up on day one? He probably did. To what was his name? Charlie Gardner. Yep. Right. Sounds like a small forward. So why don't not walk up to Charlie Gardner on day one? He's pick nine for Tom Papley. And we need some change. Charlie Gardner turns around and says, anything other than, yes, deal fucking pick nine and move on. So we can't get Tom Papley. Sydney aren't dealing. Turn pick nine into two first rounders or something. Get Jack Martin done. Figure out something else. Move on. Instead, the only criticism I have is Sauce. He sat there thinking, this is going to kick off. It's going to kick off late. It's going to kick off on the last day. But it's going to kick off. They're going to need our pick to do it, and we'll go. We sat there and allowed other people to determine our fate. I don't necessarily disagree, and this is the point I'm making. Day one, it should have been gone. You want nine? It's on the table until one o'clock today. After that, see you fucking later. And guess what happens? The media absolutely hounds Sydney and hound Essendon because guess what? The Danaher deal's off the table because Carlton have moved on. Yeah. And they're not getting a first-round pick in the top 10 from anywhere else apart from Carlton. You know what Sydney needed to do? And it would have put pressure on him. And guess what he would have done? 
Most likely. Would have dealt. Yeah, maybe. We, we can't know. But the point I'm making with the Swans needed our nine and they needed it early, needed to show intent. Yeah. They needed to see show Dodoro we're serious. Dodoro have obviously apparently said we're not interested in picks at all, not interested in five or nine. The Swans weren't, weren't going to deal a player, let alone a Heaney, um, a Blakey, yeah. and whoever else. That was obvious. For. Never going to happen in the world. You know what the Swans needed to do? They needed to sit there and go, you know what? You won't like this, Timbo, but we're probably ahead. They needed to dispassionately look at it and go, we got in Heaney, Mills, Blakey. We haven't paid full freight for them. Yep. We've Buddy got Franklin. What, Buddy Franklin. We've got Buddy, Fra- Buddy Franklin for nothing. They should have sat there and said, you know what? This system's benefited us. We've come out well on top to this point. We've gotten players we, A, would never have been able to get near with our ladder position and our draft picks. Yep. And that's kind of artificially kept us more competitive and lowered our age profile in lieu of a bottom out. I would have gotten our nine. I would have dispassionately said to the room, even if we do this deal, we're still ahead. They're not interested in picks. We need to make them interested in picks. I would have said, you get pick five, pick nine, and then future first. That's, and go, and go, pub, and go publicly. And just say, that is an unprecedented deal. Yeah. That is the biggest trade haul ever. That is the highest pick swap deal of all time. And basically make it incumbent upon Essendon to go, can we afford to turn that down? Yep. Can we afford to turn down three top 10 picks for a guy who's out of contract next year? Make them go... Who doesn't want to be there make them go, groins are questionable. You make Essendon sit there and go, it's actually negligent if we don't take this deal. And still, Sydney, look at it and accept it and realise we're still ahead. Because we've gotten a guy in. Read the room. You're bringing in Joe Danaher to replace Buddy. Yeah. Longer spot term. On. Spot so on. you have to pay for that. You don't get a discount because he's injured. And you know what else you do with that deal? You stroke Dodoro's ego. True. You stroke his but ego. You also, you also... sitting there going, I've got the best so this, deal in the history of the draft. We're picking. We're and picking. he would love it. Oh, that's the way they operate. He would love it. You sit there and go, we're going to give you what is effectively probably going to be three top 10 picks. Yeah. And that's the deal. Like I said, if they can sit there all week, and like Fab said, offer them that deal on Friday and sit there and go, the deal is five, nine, and our future first. Say what you want about Stephen Wells. He, it's the no mess, no fuss. No get bullshit. It now, look. Let's be honest. Lockie Henderson was not worth a first-round pick. He said to Carlton, you, what do you want? First-round pick? Done. He's nominated us. What? Just get it we done. We need someone to come in quick. now. We need get someone to come in quick. now. Get it done. He's our player. We've got we a first-round draft pick for Lockie Henderson with no haggling. Yeah. Which you look back on now and laugh at. Because, no, because at the time, Wells probably would have looked at it and thought, we're going to go back and forth and reach something probably pretty near to this anyway. Yeah. Um, we'll just get it done because there's no point. What the Swans, they just looked at it completely, I think, irrationally. They looked at it too passionately. That, oh, we've we got to win this. We've got to, we got to, if the fact that they didn't offer five, if I'm Essen and I'm sitting there going, you're not taking it seriously. Yeah. If you're not offering five, if you're not dealing your best asset, well, why am I interested? So that was a problem from there. They needed to offer that godfather. They needed to really make the Bombers sweat. And they needed to make the Bombers go, but both we've got parties, to take it. both parties needed that to happen. And we're diverging from Carlton, which is fine. But Sydney needed it to happen. So they bring in Danaher. People need to understand Sydney are in cap problems. They need to offload money. And that's what Papley off their books would have been helpful yep. because Buddy has hamstrung them. Now, and I've always said this to you, Timbo. If they would have picked up or nabbed those two flags that they contended for, 
than the buddy experiment 10 years at a million dollars a season. Resounding success. Yeah. Resounding. The fact that they don't have the silverware means now they're carrying buddy and they haven't got the reward. Yeah, it's problematic. For it. So getting Danaher this year, he's cheaper. And Essendon get the loot. Now, Essendon don't get the loot. To get him, to for Sydney to prize him out, he's going to have to put a number on his head, which he thinks Essendon can't match. How does that help Sydney's salary cap problem? If they're going to well, have to pay and, and, and overs, you're right, it doesn't. Because if he, if he says eight hundred thousand or eight fifty or nine hundred, which is what Sydney are prepared to pay, the Dora will turn around and go, "We'll match it." Well, the million dollar question now is, how does Joe Danaher play next year? How has he recovered from his groin surgery? I said this, hey. Have they got him right? Like, if he plays the full season, looks like he's moving freely, and kicks forty five goals. You're going to say you're Josh Bruce. What does it mean for his trade value if he has a year like he did this year? Well, Others, A, would the Swans would still be interested? hopefully think. And B, what's the compo? Whilst, whilst we despise them. Compo's not nine. You'd, no. You'd put faith in the Essendon medical team that they would know him better than anyone. A lot that, of pressure on them. That surely you're not fighting tooth enough for a bloke that you know is cooked. Yeah. They're obviously very confident that he'll be right. But then the other thing is the psyche. If he doesn't want to be there, like he, I think he would be a little bit pissed off that Sydney didn't offer five. Oh, yeah. Because I reckon they've gone, you've you've tried to be cagey and you're fart-assing around with my mental health. I've told you, I will come. I want to come. I want to play with you. Get get it done. And Who's as you say, may, may, maybe not. Maybe his expectations wasn't wasn't 5-9 and a future first-rounder. But Who, who's as you say, manager? it's not five and nine. I think you, I think that's what the whole point I make is that you. I, had I don't to, know, Fab. Sorry, you had to give him a deal that they couldn't turn down. Yeah, because Paul Connors would walk in and tell Charlie Gardner, "What the fuck are you doing?" Well, Sauce needed to walk in at one point last night and go, and look, he probably did. I don't. Do you know what? And sit there and go, "You got mate." Call me. Doing? Call me a bloke who overthinks things a bit. The fact that it wasn't happening late on and that's that they weren't at loggerheads. The Doros called this thing off seven o'clock earlier. Don't tell me that Tim Watson, Tim Watson broke the story in Channel Seven. It is off. Yeah, because that's how it hit um, Barrett and all that. It was. He's been told we're going to say nothing. This is yours. You break it, and that's how it was broken. Then you went nowhere near the wire. I reckon by five o'clock it but was. But if Charlie, off. but like this is one of those things. If Charlie Gardner's walking in back, Essendon's mind, at least. If yeah. Charlie Gardner's walking back into Essendon's suite at seven o'clock, thinking a deal's going to happen, absolutely serious. I'll put it on. Is it his first day? Like Dad said, he's on work experience. This is the most complicated, highest profile trade deal of the period, and he thinks we'll pull it all together. In the half AFL an Nielsen need to change their system. Like they go in, they have got a room. All right, I see the back of Ken Wood's head. It was a Ken Wood. Yeah. Isn't it? A lady next to him and another guy who's surfing the internet, right? Surely there's an inbox. Watching Bluey. <laughs> Surely there's an inbox system. Like, people need to sit there, all representatives, all... Just put the paperwork in the box. You know what get... I'd have? Wouldn't you just have two AFL she... representatives and Ken Wood overseeing them? Yeah, but wouldn't just Ken Wood desks? just timestamp it? Yeah, it's lodged. It's lodged before 7.30. Not the fact that they physically closed the door yeah, it's on a bit, people. Look, I think that's just for show and for cameras. But, oh, I think you're um, right, too. The fact, the fact that they wouldn't publish any of the deals that have been arrived at until three o'clock on the fr- on the Wednesday afternoon you've gone 
It's it, it's not a made for television thing. It's just it's report it when it happens and don't treat people like idiots. Obviously, the miss for us in that tied into this whole shenanigan, this whole shamozzle was Tom Papley, and the before we get off this whole thing because Dan who obviously takes precedent here because the Swans refused to see the deal without Papley. They couldn't separate the two. Yeah. And that was a problem in and of itself. Um, I think Papley's agent went and spoke to them and said, why are they linked? We were obviously asking the question, why are they linked? It's not like they're the same type of player. The Swans had a half-assed excuse. They couldn't lose another good player and blah, 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 blah. And you're going, well, no, he wants to leave. For A, B, and C reason, whatever, he wants to leave. They couldn't separate the deals, which just again shows an inability to be agile, an inability to be lateral, an inability to go, we can still get a good result out of this. And they recruited Lewis Taylor. And they recruited Lewis Taylor. Who is the Taylor, exact player that clearly, Papley is. Clearly, as a contingency. Totally. Clearly, they recruited Lewis Taylor going, we might, we're going to probably lose Papley. So this is a ready-made drop-in. He's not as good as Papley, but he's a ready-made drop-in. He comes in, we don't lose a position. And the irony is we did the trade with Sydney to give them the pick that Brisbane were going to be satisfied with. So you sort of thought, well, there's there's obviously good faith in our negotiations and our discussions and all that mm. sort of stuff. So you, and and again, if you've gotten the player that's going to replace Papley, and you're going to be comfortable with that, do the deal. And lastly, before we move off this side of the deal, um, once again, Fab and I spoke about it at length last night. I tweeted something to the effect of this: the AFL, we've spoken about it at length, need to be more mature. The industry, the players, the agents, the clubs, someone supporters, supporters, someone needs to be really grown up about this. Down at the hangar out at Sydney's training complex, whatever hell that is, the first name on the media's call sheet this preseason will be Joe Danaher, Tom Papley, for those two clubs. They will hide them away. They will sequester them away. They won't be talking to anyone, and it's ridiculous. It just gives the story legs. If I was Joe Danaher particularly, I know that there's a bit of sensitivity around Tom Papley and his Mm. reasons for wanting to come home and the like, which aren't exactly clear, but we obviously respect his privacy. Um, If I was Joe Danaher... I would be calling a press conference. I would go to the Essendon Football Club and I would say, I want to speak on whatever day it is, go up in front of the media and just say, I love the club. In 2020, I'm giving it my all. Do not ever doubt for one second my preparation, my application and my effort. Um, I love my teammates, appreciate the fan support, but I'll be seeking a trade at the end of the year. Just get out, put a pin in it all, End the speculation. Yep. Just come there and say... He won't do that. He won't do that, but he, he should. Won't. He won't. He won't do that, but he should. He should sit there and go, if my um, end game here, if my goal is to get to Sydney, just say it. Well, and I think also if... But he has. No, but, and, no, but, but he hasn't. Well, he said prior to the trade period, you know, this is where I would like to get to. He I hasn't stood in front of the, the camera. This is the for me. He hasn't uttered the words down the barrel. Yeah. And this is taking ownership of it. Joe, it if you see yourself, if you genuinely want to get to Sydney, come out and own it. Come out and sit there and go, he won't do it. Of course, I know he won't do they it. They won't allow him to do it either. But come out the Swans jumper. Do you see the post they put on social media It was embarrassing. Today? No, that is... Let it go. That's embarrassing. Like just, just, well, they're delighting in the fact that they haven't given this bloke what he has requested. Orazio was obviously uh, like... I won't sign the divorce papers. She'll fall back in love with me. I don't want to say it. I don't want to say it. But Orazio, like, I don't know how to say this diplomatically. Don't be racist. No, I'm sure he's a nice guy. I don't know if he's very bright. Yep. 
I, I'm, I'm trying to be as tactful as I can, but this whole scenario and this whole thing, the way it's played out, you read the reports, he's had a whole bunch of managers in a relatively short period of time. He's shopping himself around in Adelaide. He's doing this, he gets a new manager, and then all of a sudden, oh, no, I'm staying. And you're going, geez, mate, like, what's going on here? I just, I just don't get it. And now he's, oh, yeah, no, everything's all good again. As soon as senior figure, he's... Everything's you know, all good. There's always those people at work who, no matter what, like, they'll bitch and moan that they're not paid enough but won't have the gall to go in and demand no, totally. from their employer... I'm worth more than this. So, yeah. so, I mean, we'll watch this and space throughout the course of the that's year. That's him. I reckon senior management have gone, where are you going? Oh, no, I'm, I'm happy. Yeah, you're happy, aren't you? You're staying. Okay, I'm staying. I'm happy. So we'll obviously watch this play, uh, space throughout the course of the year. Danaher will be the big, big story, being obviously in the Melbourne Fishbowl. Uh, Papley as well will we'll, uh, court a fair bit of media coverage as the season rolls on. Um, the other target we obviously missed on was Jack Martin, and developments today suggest... Uh, his manager is it Jason Glover? Is that his yes, name? it is. Yep. Uh, his manager was Danny. on, on uh, Danny. Danny's brother was on SEN and was pretty unequivocal in Glover in, or Dover. Dover, Jason Dover. Dover. Yeah, I like Glover better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do. I like Glover better as well. Um, Ben's brother. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, he was on uh, SEN. It was pretty unequivocal in how he sees this playing out. There's obviously speculation that Jack would go into the national draft, a la a Luke Ball. Are you freezing? Sorry. No. Sorry. No. Or he would go into the uh, preseason draft and. I think as it plays out, he will go into the preseason draft. Gold Coast aren't going to pick him again because that's absolute well, madness. It's just ludicrous. You're you're wiping that off. I'm not. Why would they pick him again? The stance to that, save face. But why? To, the stance of to what people end? aren't going to walk to over this club anymore. Yeah, to what end? Fuck him. Pay him. Oh, you yeah. can just pay him the reserves. Geez, that'll really show Jack Martin if uh, they re-sign him to a one-year deal on more money than he was on last year. Oh, that'll really show. So you Jack. reckon they've, they've sent enough of a message already? Uh, I just, no, I thought they sent a shocking message that I'm just okay. That's so just, if, um, if if you know hamstrings them, it doesn't it doesn't affect Jack Martin in the it, end. It was just so hard to read, like what what the end game was, and 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 you you introduced um, a whole different level of analysis that I hadn't considered at oh, the time. I know we when are. well, and because you kind of because I caught my initial go to was you've just been given four first round draft picks as part of your bailout package. You don't need anything more so long as the offer that comes to you for a disgruntled player is seemingly enough to pretty much placate the media. Tick the box, move on. It's it's um, it's old mate Stephen Wells all over again. You, you get you, something. You, you've gotten something. You've gotten value for the bloke that you've put a bit of time into. He wants to go elsewhere. But you've got so got many an academy kids that they just they could bundle all this crap into anyway. Well, that, and, and that was the thing that, that perplexed me was they haven't taken what was a... Like, it's great to turn around and say, I want a first-round draft pick. And you sit there and you go... It's never realistic. There's 17 other teams in the competition that are saying, he's not worth a first-round draft pick. He may play in a new environment to the quality of a first-round draft pick. Which but he is. for where he is at... Or which he was. Yeah, for where he is at... He's not worth it. You yeah. don't like if you can get Jack Stephen for pick fifty six. Yes, he's got had his issues, but so has Jack Martin. Not to, like for different reasons and all that sort of stuff. Jack Martin is younger, has got more football in front of him, he's got more upside, but his output and where he is at for his whole football journey right now, he is not worth a first round draft pick. Well, my suspicions were, were founded last night when Craig Cameron said, um, "Given our draft position, 
that we have the five first-round draft picks in the next two years and the four second-round draft picks, uh, Carlton's offer wasn't significant enough to change our position. And you go, like I said, a month ago when they didn't have those picks, yeah, they would have jumped all over. They would have jumped all over a second and a third. They would have gone, yeah, okay, fine. So they're trying to prove a point. It's going to backfire spectacularly, and I don't think how I don't see how anyone at the Gold Coast Suns or the AFL can cut this as anything but a failure. Completely, they've lost him for nothing. Yeah. They won't redraft him. That's just absolute madness. No one's ever done it. No one will do it. Because to what end? I'll just sign a one-year deal. We'll but do have this. they won the principal argument? No. If he gets to Melbourne? No. But I still question whether Melbourne can afford it. No, agree. And that's the other thing where, fortunately for us, um, Mr. Glover, Mr. Dover, Dover, was on the radio today and, and obviously said that Melbourne had made the phone call. Uh, they'd been pretty polite about it and just said, no, look, he's wishes to play for Carlton. I think that Melbourne will respect that. Because why are you recruiting a guy who, A, is not interested in coming to your footy club, B, will only sign a one-year deal, yeah, and you'll be just going through this all over again. It's just not worth the hassle. I'm pretty confident we'll get him. And you need good news stories at Melbourne. And you need good news stories as well. We'll, We're pretty confident we'll get him. We'll end up paying nothing for him. And in the end, you go, well, that's a win. That's a huge win. Well, as you say, like right now every Carlton supporter is saying um, this trade period was a failure. And and ultimately, if the caveat... Not everyone. But if the caveat behind Tom Papley always was from Sydney, we will not do the trade unless we know that we're going to get Danaher. Well, you didn't get Danaher, so... And he's contracted. There's a lot of stuff there that's out of our control. And that's 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 the word that I was using this morning. Everything about trade period is about control. Hmm. And and we weren't in control of the Papley situation. We were in control of the Martin situation. We could have gotten him. We could have done something. Now, there's still a possibility that we might, but all all the um, the dominoes have to fall our way. However, if at the end of the preseason draft, Jack Martin is a Carlton footballer, then anybody that's had any query about Stephen Silvani along the way will say... Well, A, you're a genius for holding your metal and being able to get the bloke that you wanted and who wanted to come to us. But moreover, Craig Cameron is a prized buffoon. And it ties back into beautifully what we said earlier. Cameron was just hoping that the pressure would get to Soss and the Carlton crew. The pressure would get to him and they'd go, we got it, we got to come out of here with something. Oh, yeah, we'll give you nine. The deal was nine, nine and a second rounder for Martin and 15. No. No, absolutely no. not. No, nah, we're not here to prop you up. You just got bailed out by the AFL. It's not our job now to prop you up. Don't come looking to us for another top 10 pick. Absolutely ludicrous for a guy that's out of contract. And on that, Fabian and I, once again, during my counselling session with Bubba Ganoush over here. Um, <laughs> Sean's going to try and make that a thing. I'm going to try to make that a thing. I watched Wedding Crashes and I thought, I just thought that, I don't know, it feels like Fab's modelling himself a bit on Vince Vaughan. Not, not so much in appearance, but there was just something about Vince's performance, generally speaking, but particularly in Wedding Crashes, where I just thought, I think I get why he likes it so much. I think there's a bit of Fabian in it. A bit of old Bubba Ganoush. Well, I go ice my balls and spit up blood. <laughs> team player. <laughs> but we spoke about it last night with Jack Martin. I was first team All-State, Tim. You made the point. out of here. You made the point, Bubba Ganoush, and it was absolutely perfect. And we kind of ended up um, co-opting each other's points and making one big point. The day after his contract ends with the Gold Coast Suns, which I assume is the 31st 31st of of October. October, He should be at Princess Park training. Training. He should come down to Princess Park and just start training. And then I've I've been crying out for this. I want someone to be our Bosman. I want someone to be the AFL's Bosman and to sit there and go, there is no law that will stand up to a challenge. There is no labour law that will stand up to a challenge in court. 
So you're saying get Dennis Denudo and go all... Hopefully get someone better than Dennis Denudo. Get or, all um, the way to the high court. Get Bud Tingwell. You know what? You, I think he's passed on. Oh, he is. Don't get, uh, don't get Marcus Clark, old mate, who defend us at the tribunal every... Yeah. We'd never win anything. Yeah. Um, <laughs> seriously, that bloke's record... I the, love... Because you and I, we've, we've spoken about this before. Like every time we try to appeal something, we're just like, it's why? why? We, we, haven't won any, we haven't won an appeal ever. He hasn't won an appeal ever. In fact, I think they start whacking weeks on for frivolous appeals, <laughs> yeah. just wasting everyone's time when he walks in. But basically, contested on the points of movement of labour, restraint of trade. He signed a contract. He has fulfilled his contract. He wants to take his very specific skill set in that industry to another company. He's not um, bringing the game into disrepute with his actions. He's being entirely reasonable with his wish to sign with a new employer who have offered him a contract. He would win. And he would break free agency. But surely the rule, the AFL's free agency rules and Mr... What was his name? Andrew Dillon? They will rewrite them. They'd have to. Would They would have done their homework on this. When I think there's in. a lot of good faith. I, I think there is too. I think there's a lot because of good faith. Because the NRL faith. used to have a draft and they challenged it and it died. Yeah, I think there's a lot of good faith that... Why? So you can't... So they had a draft and got rid of it. Because players want to go where they want to go, which is the way the system should be. Jack Martin, once again, has fulfilled every single one of his contractual obligations. He's fulfilled multiple contracts with that uh, company in this scenario. He should be free to move wherever. If he rocked up to Carlton on November 1st and signed a pre-contract, like a European soccer style, signed a pre-contract... The system would be changed for the better forever. It'd be fantastic. It'd be a landmark moment in the sport. We've spoken about it. I outline my what I would like to see happen. I think there needs to still be protections at the top end of the draft. Your first contract is four years, etc. You become a free agent after your second contract, that kind of stuff. There still needs to be provisions to protect the Suns or us when we were really, really, really weak. Not a problem in the world. But the loosening of free agency... Like, this draft and trade period, sorry, it was a shambles. Oh, it was horrible. And Jack Martin, to me, won't get the headlines because of the higher-profile Danaher and Papley deals, but that scenario is emblematic of why it's a shambles. It's a miscarriage of justice. This guy is... And it wouldn't matter that he's coming to Carlton. We're obviously interested in it because he is. But if player A wants to get to club one and they are out of contract and they are 25 years old, why is club one got any say whatsoever on where they're going. Why are the Gold Coast posturing to another club about a player who that club has a contract for, which has been accepted, oh, no, well, you've got to give us something to get him. No, you fucking don't. Yeah. You've lost him. You lost all rights to him. You had the chance to re-sign him. You didn't. You couldn't. He's not interested. He's going. Challenge it. You will win, Jack. He won't. And like we said with Danaher front in the media, he won't. But it'll be a really... It'll be, I, just, I look at it personally as... Almost a moment that an element of the game grew up. At least Jack's management has come out the day after and said, I still want to get to Carlton. I still want to get to Carlton. And that's yeah. huge. That Joe's manager should have done something similar. We're very disappointed. Take but, it. Seriously. And that's what I said with the worst point earlier. But the difference is Jack Martin is not... Con- well, will be out of contract at Gold He's fulfilled Coast. his obligations. Yeah, he, he does not need to go back there. If he doesn't want to, he doesn't need to. And then the only question then becomes the whole preseason draft element. Imagine the system that I've just outlined. So Joe Danaher would be a utter free agent next year because he's obviously signed multiple contracts with Essendon, comes out of contract next year. What you're creating is a system whereby players, particularly your Joe Danaher's of the world, 
And I've got a suspicion that which is Ben King? Is he the one at Gold Coast? Yes. I've got a suspicion they've done a deal using that word again in good faith with the Gold Coast Suns that I will sign an extended contract so you get full freight. Yep. I'll do the right thing by you. You've invested a top pick in me. Clearly interest is going to come. It's inevitable I'm going to go home. If that interest comes next year or if it comes the year after and you get a godfather offer, Just take you're it. going to get it. Yep. You're going to get the lot. So The interesting thing is St Kilda traded away their future first round draft pick this year. So mm. I reckon that means and that's, I reckon, they can't do the trade until the following and I, year. I just reckon that there's something where if I was St Kilda, I would have been in the room sitting there going, I just reckon he's, he's looking after them. Judd did it a little bit with the Eagles, where he said, I want to make sure I'm traded. I reckon there's something about him re-signing to 2022. Yep. Just to make sure that when the offers come, you're going to get looked after. I'm not going to leave you in the lurch. Yep. You're not going to be shortchanged. So imagine Danaher comes out of contract at the end of next year, Essendon deal him. They sit there and go, it happens in soccer fab all the time. We see it all the time. You sit there going... We don't want to get him in the last year of the contract. They get into the last year of the contract. When they get to inside six months, you can start signing. But that's why United want to sign Pogba. Spot on. It's not for you protect if get, his value. If we get Pogba on a five-year deal, like De Gea, De Gea's signed. Dave De Gea is not staying for five years. No, it just protects his trade value. That's right. If Real Madrid come a knocking, there's a price where you look at Christian Eriksen, yep. who's got what eight months left on his deal. Mm. It ain't worth anything. Clubs, well, it's Aaron Ramsey. Well, clubs it's Aaron don't Ramsey let, at Arsenal. Clubs yeah, we, don't we, we let him go for too long. Under yeah. this under this scenario, clubs would not let Joe Danaher get to the last year of a contract. But we don't but let you know Cripps, the thing, we don't let the thing about this whole scenario. Year. And if Cripps gets to the last year, we very, very seriously entertain. We've probably got to go now because if we don't go now, we get nothing for him. Yep. So... That's when it just you just you just work for your money list managers and players get the security players get the extra years, and you know, I hope that happens. I hope that Martin. I don't think he will, but I, I think that failing all that, he'll get to us, which will be a really good result. And and the one thing that I wanted to say about Joe Danaher that it that scares me about the system, and 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 I'm only reading it one particular way. If if Joe Danaher had his heart set on a lifestyle that was going to see meaningful change in his life to be able to walk down the street and get a coffee and not be harassed the way that he obviously is in Melbourne, if he is all about this is this is the way that I want to go about my life, and and he says exactly what you sort of said, I'll, I'll play with my teammates, I'll work hard, I still love Essendon, I'll do what I need to do, but I want to get to Sydney next year. This is very appealing to me. And Dodoro and Essendon, who have celebrated that they've denied Joe Danaher's wish to go elsewhere by keeping him at their club, then um, match the deal just to be able to keep him because they can, I think that's a really bad outcome for player welfare. Oh, no, I totally agree. And, 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 it, is, and it really actually scares me about again, where it can go to. But this is, again, that big thing we spoke about it earlier, just backtracking to Danaher. If the Swans gave him the godfather offer, the never-before-seen offer, the never get an offer like this. This is unprecedented. You're owning your interest in him. Yeah. We turned his head. We unsettled him. We're actually duty-bound to get the deal done. Yeah. But then I guess the thing, and, and what I've always said is, the Godfather deal is for the bloke that for three seasons in a row has kicked 65 a year. You've got to take that risk. They got to no, take that I understand risk. that. But three years in a row of 65 goals a year and playing 22 games a year... You give the godfather deal, you get the player that you know you're going to get. But across the last two seasons has meant 
for the past three, he's kicked 80 goals. But that's the risk they're taking on with their yeah. interest. That's the risk. They're not – well, we said this weeks ago, they wouldn't be offering anything, pick nine and whatever, pick five and nine, three first-rounders to get the injury croc Joe Danaher. They're getting a guy that's going to play. They're going to rehab. They're going to get him out there. It's going to be part of a three-prong uh, forward line. It's going to be damaging. Going to win them a lot of games. Going to put them back in the window. That's what they're recruiting for, and that's the risk. That's why they. And gave that's Buddy, what Essendon's celebrating because that's the player that they've. But kept. that's what they gave Buddy a ten-year deal for, to just make sure we get him. We have got to get him. Have to get him across the line. He's going to be the guy that's going to spearhead us. We're going to win flags. It's going to make it all worthwhile. And not everything works out. Doesn't mean that the deal is a complete bust. Did he get ten over nine or nine over ten? 10 over 9? 10 over 9, I think it was, yeah. yeah. So anyway, moving on, obviously, from that, uh, it was a little bit more about Joe Danaher than we maybe anticipated, but he was inexorably tied to it the was broader hard not to. Papley yeah. deal and, and why we didn't end up with Papley and, and the like. So be interesting to see what we go with at pick 9, whether we go for a small forward, a guy like, uh, is it uh, Cody Waitman? Cody Waitman's the small, creative forward who linked. can play midfield as well. Melbourne have been linked to him with, with pick eight. Yep. Um, if he was to fall to us, it would be interesting to see if we went and just said, we'll just get a small forward. Yep. Or do we go for a midfielder? I want, obviously... I, want, I want the best ball user available. Agree. Well, the best ball user is a bloke called Hayden Young, but I reckon he goes at three, four, or five. And this is the thing. If we're interested in Waitman, maybe someone slips to Melbourne's eight, who they didn't think would be there. Yeah. And maybe they go, oh, okay, because well, they've obviously traded down. At the or traded in, I should no, say. No, no, they trade the future to get yeah to get back. So yep. you're sort of going clearly. They got someone in mind. Yeah, you have to be because North Melbourne have done very well out of that trade. Excellently, phenomenally, excellently. Um, obviously, on the players we did bring in, we bring uh, brought in uh, Mark Pitnett, um, who looked to be brutally honest. I'm not sure why people were eulogising Andrew Phillips's career. All reports a great guy, great clubman, and all that. Not a problem in the world. Good kicker golfer, Ruckman. Good. You want to speak into your microphone? Good kicker golfer, Ruckman. Um, you want to move that microphone a little bit further back? <laughs> um, had a few opportunities this year. Did Phillips and was pretty ordinary when he when he when he had those chances. Had an okay day against uh, at Adelaide, I believe. Um, but I think that just showed that that O'Brien at Adelaide is is a good developing ruck, but he's not a world beater. That's right. Um, he had a couple. O'Brien of, had his moments. No, no, but in, took but a couple of good marks. Took a couple of good marks, but he wasn't that good of a ruckman. No, can't kick the poor kid. No. Yeah, but this is the thing. So Phillips came in a couple times this year when we needed him to perform. There was a game against uh, was it Port Adelaide. Yeah, so the start of the year, he played against Nankervis, had three kicked against him Very that poor. day, and Nankervis probably got Brownlow votes. Yeah. The second round of the year, um, Paddy, Paddy Ryder. Winnable Lysette. And Lysette just absolutely slaughtered him. And a winnable game in the context of... Yeah, absolutely. We were in it, and look, he just wasn't up to it. So and I then s- at what round did Matthew Loby play because Phillips got dropped? Well, that's exactly right. So you sit there and you start thinking, for me, and I've had it, look, not... not not a bit to do with Pitnet, but I've certainly watched a fair bit of his footy over the last two and a bit odd years. I think he's the best ruckman in the VFL. He's had three placings in the Full box. disclosure, you had some dealings with... You were involved with the well, Box Hill Hawks. But look, he... he um, three place finishing place finishes on the spin in the Box Hill Hawks uh, BNF. Uh, I think he was the, the highest vote-getter in the Liston this year. Uh, he was probably best on ground in the grand final... Last year against Casey, when the the box boxer was sort of in a pretty bad way at halftime, um, and and he was integral to turning it around in the second half. I think he's an upgrade on Phillips. I think unequivocally, and five years younger, and five years younger. I think he's an upgrade on Phillips. We end up getting him for not much, 
Um, and I think that he comes in and, and is easily a better value to us than Phillips, which is, a, I think, a win. And um, as we would have seen today, he did a, a little interview on radio, which was really good. He's got a bit of spunk about him too. He's got a bit of personality. Good. Um, good. So he'll, he'll won't mind doing some fun stuff with the media guys. And I think fans will, um, even if he's not necessarily playing a lot of senior footy, I think fans will actually warm to him really quickly. They'll go, oh, he's actually a bit of like a fun guy. Yep. He's actually, he's, yeah, cool. Once again, not saying that Phillips wasn't, but we'll see, I think, a bit more of him on the channels. You know, the structure and fabric of the Carlton Football Club says the more games that Matthew Cruiser is playing as number one ruck and standing up and doing his job, the better. Agree well, totally. This is where, and I always say this, how there's no correspondence. You know, there's no one single uh, journalist but it's a correspondent for Carlton or for Collingwood. They're all kind of trying to be over everything and therefore they're over nothing. Yeah. Because not once in this trade period, while we've dealt a Ruckman and got another one in, has anyone mentioned, this guy's a pure Matthew Cruiser 2020 backup. Mm. Yeah. Because Tom DeConning is the future Ruckman. Totally. Of football. totally. I think Have this, you, I I've think not this guy, heard the name Tom DeConning mentioned. I think this guy will really push DeConning which is good. Which is it's good. What, what, no, what I, think, I think he will, um, I think on the track, and you guys know a lot more about it with the NFL sort of stuff when you bring in the understudy quarterbacks. Yeah, you got your number one, but arguably the hot, most hotly contested role in the team is who's number two. Among yep. your quarterbacks, who's the backup? And that's a really even race, and you want it to be a competitive race. Mm. And I think Pitnett will absolutely do that to DeConning, and DeConning will have to, um, have to improve. It's what we need because... If you listen to the word that come out, came out of the Carlton Footy Club this year, was whilst Matthew Lobie's now gone, it was Matthew Lobie who was putting in work with people like Harry, Harry McKay yep. and Tom DeConning and being that senior figure and the big body. You want big body work? That's what I'm here for at training. Love it. Uh, and then obviously so the, he the needs other, someone to push it, which is great. And then obviously the other acquisition, Eddie Betts. So Eddie came back and look, we're not. Um, not against the move, not not in, not by any means, and especially with Papley falling down. I think at the end of the day, his acquisition now, to me, if, if anything, is more shrewd, where you sit there and you go, last year we had no recognised small forwards, let alone one that kicked 37 goals. Yeah, yeah, he kicked 12 of them against the Sun, not a problem. He said, yeah. absolutely, but we haven't had a guy kick 37 goals in a year for seven years. Go back to the start of the season. Six, the, six the, years, maybe. The Suns game, the Hawthorne game. Who couldn't finish? All right. We win those with Eddie. Yeah. Just kicking two or three. Yeah. And see, he's going to have some down weeks. He's going to have some weeks where we're probably carrying him. He might even play the odd game in the twos. Who knows? Who can forecast it? I think he'll just get rested. I think he Maybe. gets rested. But yeah. the bottom line is we went into 2019 with literally no smalls. Well, we didn't. Now at least we've got one. If we go back for Papley next year, it's pretty much a straight swap. Papley comes in, bets goes out. Yeah. If bets can... You know, pull something together and be of value, we win. Mm. We're not paying him much. Feel good factor's great. He comes in, he'll do a role for us. He's still dangerous. Like I said, 37 goals. He's still a really good haul. I mean, Papley kicked 37 goals as well. Um, so I think that I'm relatively content with that deal. And, and in light of Papley falling over, it ends up being, I think, more important again. Yeah, agreed with that. Yeah, agreed with that. And, and look, as we, we sort of joke, not, not jokingly, but I, I reckon we very potentially got another 5,000 members by getting Eddie back into the fold because there have been some genuinely disenfranchised Carlton supporters over the last period of time and getting an old-school star 
You know what else is like really, Eddie. really... There's Im- so much romance in it, and, it, and it'll have an impact. You know what's really important about it? And it has been spoken about. It's a bit... Um, it's pretty obvious, but it's it's worth noting. Really, really good for Samo. Really, really good Terrific. for Jack Martin if we can get him in the door. Um, really, and we've got one... Is it one more? Well, Liam Jones is... Liam Jones is... I think I always forget... feel like I forget someone, but I don't think I am, because obviously Pickett's gone, Garlett's Pickett gone, Pickett and Garlett both went. But I mean, for, for Samo particularly... And then for Jack Martin, a bit more senior, but if we can get him in the door as Kimmy well. Kimmy Lebois was on the list last year. He, he was, was too. But you look at that and you <laughs> the go... The Frenchman. The Frenchman. But you look at that and you go, really, really great for them. Yeah. To have a, an elder statesman. And and by all reports, he's staying in that role longer term beyond Walks, his own football Walks group. did it. Yeah, that's right. Um, Walks did that Indigenous liaison role. And obviously, I think he went back to like a Chuka to coach and, yeah, he coached and the like. Chuka so, this year, yeah. um, it was obviously something we've had in the past and... I think Eddie will be really, really important on that front. So Andrew I mean, Walker played how many games for us? Two hundred. I think he got to two hundred. He got to two hundred because Cody, his son did. Cody's racking up gold medals. They didn't quite in everything he does. So fun fact: I played kick to kick with uh, Codes um, one night in the gym. Walks. It was bizarre. Can you use it both feet? You can. It was bizarre. Just a quick anecdote. Um, I'm as you know, I'm a really real gym junkie. Um, <laughs> If you couldn't judge by my physique. Well, that's uh, why you're always in tracksuits. That's true. No, but I, I would literally, I'd like go down, I'd just get on the bike or like the rowing machine or something and um, went down one night, did it. And as I was sort of just about to leave, I think one of the other co-workers was there, was having a bit of a chat, walks, rocks up with his boys, like just walks in, you know, scans in for a smash out, a quick workout, legitimately like to just come in and just smash out a, like an F30, half an hour, you know, vigorous workout. And as he was doing it, um, the boys were just kicking the footy. And this would have been like 2014 or 15, so I don't know how, how old that makes Cody. But um, you know, I'm, just, I'm just having a kick with him, kicking the ball back and forth and it was whatever. And then we're having a bit of a chat as you know, playing footy. He goes, yeah, I really like it, and, you know, likes playing on the ball, blah, blah, blah. And then Walks came over and we had a bit of a chat. I think he just liked that I was just looking, looking after, after the kids kid. for mm. five minutes. Um, but, yeah, it looked like it was one of those things where, you know, like I'm not – no pressure on the kid at all. Like I'm not doing that. But you're just like, you know, some kids just get it. Yep. Like he's just holding the ball right. Mm. And he's, you know, bouncing. He can bounce it really well. And whatever he's going, yeah, some kids have just got it. And he's an athlete. they just got the muscle memory. They yep. just know what to do for whatever reason. But, um, yeah, pretty sure. I don't think I don't think Walks limped to 200 quite like Hula. But um, <laughs> I think we carried Hula for the last 15 games as a sub. But he got there <laughs> in the end. So, look, in closing, um, a lot's been spoken about the last... Uh, Dane, a bit with the Blues uh, by the time you listen to this, and, and we weren't necessarily going to record, but we thought we'd uh, come together and a therapy the session. fat. And we're ther- on the couches, which is... It was a therapy session for, session for old Bubba Ganoush, because seriously... No, no, look, there's nothing wrong with being disappointed. You were... You I, were- I, I wasn't calling for the joint to be closed down. I was, I was. I said it to Pete today. I'm disappointed we missed out on Papley, because Papley is genuinely one of the best small forwards in the comp. Yes, I understand that it's out of our hands. Fuck, I'm allowed to be disappointed that we oh, missed yeah. out on but, what was but, going but to be a genuine most... quality player coming into our club. Yeah, but I, I think what probably needs to be said is I'm pretty certain that the trade, the Tom Papley trade, had been agreed. I, I, I think 
I think well, if they were offering nine. Yeah, so I think we were offering nine. We were probably going to get twenty five. But I mean, sorry, if the Swans are offering nine as part of a Danny. Yeah, that's you, right. You know, yeah, we touched but, on but it, it was you know had what was coming back the other way been set in stone, maybe not. But I, I think there was probably enough good faith in the discussion to say, look, we're awfully close. Let, let let's just work out what the other needs, just to make them feel like that's that's the right. And without scenario. wanting to go back over it, it, it probably talks to what Fab was speaking about earlier about we didn't deal nine. Because whether people probably don't like this, but the handshake agreement, we didn't deal nine because we didn't want to burn that bridge. Yeah. Because if the, it's like you know, Darth Vader, I am altering the deal. You sit there and go, if we trade nine, yeah. and then go back to the Swans and go, oh, but we got uh, got fourteen and eighteen. Yeah. The Swans go, no, fourteen doesn't help us. Yeah. Then we're left with four. Whereas, whereas St Kilda were pricks when Fremantle wanted six, and St Kilda went and dealt it away. Yep. I think that was good. Called their bluff, but I, I loved it. Anyway, uh, look, I said I think uh, I think we've come out of it. You know, not with the shiny new toys, not with the Schwinn that we were liked, Fab, not with the Schwinn under the tree. We're but, just walking along, kicking rocks still. But by us. the same token, I think that um, it's nothing to be too disappointed about. The four cars didn't fall that way. That's the way it goes sometimes. Fingers crossed, we end up getting Papley. We hold on to all of our picks for next year. Which, the draft with pick nine and pick up a young Dominic Ferdia. Hopefully, yeah. and, and the following year we've still got pick, you know, our first, second, and third round draft pick as well. And that so. gives us either the impetus to go to the draft, which I know people don't like for some ridiculous reason. I, I, I'm of the opinion whether you're 30 or 18, a good player is a good player, and we'll have you. And, and I think that's been proven this year, as you can step straight into football and be good if you're good. Um, I think I think with uh, we just want people to I mean. I use the running the bath and the razor blades. We just want people to you know turn the taps off. Step away from the edge. Step away from the edge. Just put your pitchfork down. Put the pitchfork down. Put down the <laughs> sauce effigy. They've worked hard on it. Uh, so, yeah. So, like, obviously, if you do listen to this, let us know your thoughts on how we went at the trade table. Let us know what you want us to do with pick nine, uh, whether you think we'll get Jack Martin in the draft and obviously that what that might mean for us moving forward. Um, for Tim Davis, thank you very much for hosting us, Tim. Those pizzas uh, you shouted us were delicious. Beautiful. And you've finally been... Uh Introduced to the dungeon downstairs. Yeah, it's just it's just the dungeon. <laughs> I'm just here rocking in the swing. <laughs> oh, Jesus. And Bubba Ganoush himself, Fabian Guadagnolo. Out of there, Chiragazzi. I'm Sean Peter. Thank you very much for listening. We'll catch you next time. Go Blues. Give us a Go Blues. You. Forza Azzurri. Go Blues. <laughs> <laughs> That's not Navy. I'm leaving after 30, put it that way. You make that thread every week. I'm not in my office this week. <laughs> You've been here since 7.25. It's <laughs> an hour and 42 minutes. And there you go, so I'm only staying for 30 minutes. <laughs> <laughs>